right, so welcome back to the Cracks in Postmodernity. Today we have Rick, who is an English philologist and the creator of Crónicas Lingüísticas YouTube channel. He's living in Spain. Rick, thank you for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so uh, before we talk a little bit about Rosalia, her music, um, just tell us a little bit about what you've studied, philology, and uh, the things that, you know, and your other interests. Well, I studied philology um, in, in Granada, which is not Granada, the country, <laughs> Granada, the, the south of Spain, uh, the Alhambra place. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, then I moved to the UK for one year to continue my studies there. Um, I did a, a, a master's on, on linguistics, more focused on, on language acquisition, and then another one on, on teaching English as well. And now I'm an English teacher uh, doing a, a PhD on, on linguistics. Um, on language variation, actually, which is part of uh, social linguistics. Um, also, well, it, it, that story is kind of interesting because uh, first I was studying computers, <laughs> and um, wow. and then I I moved to the not not as a degree, not as a university, but here in Spain we have something that I don't know what's called like in 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 other countries. It's like between high school and in university, we call it um, professional formation. Okay. Something yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. So it's something like, some things like you, you you study things that you can find at university, but they're way more focused. For example, mm -hmm. I was doing um, programming, right? Mm -hmm. And if you if you try to do that at university, you have to study a lot of languages, uh, I mean, for, for coding and, and all that, uh, but also a lot of mathematics and a lot of things that, Normally, when you finish that degree, you you end up working in a company and you don't use most of it. Uh, whereas this professional information um, is more focused on the on the market, the working market. Mm -hmm. So basically, you you just study uh, web design. You know, it's more uh, focused on that uh, database and and um, and coding basically. So I when I finished that, I had the opportunity to go to uh, an Erasmus. It's an internship Erasmus program, and I decided to to go to um, Ireland. I went to Dublin for a few months, mm -hmm. and and then I have to say that I hadn't studied any English at all um, in the last in the previous four years before that. So my knowledge of English at that point was like the same knowledge of a, a ten year old kid probably, or something like that. But I decided to go there because I wanted to improve uh my my english and and then i had to work that i was working and i was uh starting on my own as well at the same time and when i finished uh, well it was a uh, the, the the world crisis <laughs> mm -hmm. so finding a job that was like very difficult and i was like uh well in this time being here i realized that there's something i really like more than than computing and its languages and so I came back to Spain and, and I started learning languages and, and, and then I, I, I went to university and to study English uh, philology um, so far. <laughs> and this is how I did. Yeah. So um, I found you through your YouTube video about Rosalia's Motomami. And it's interesting because you're approaching it primarily from a linguistic point of view, but also from this mm -hmm. you know, cultural analysis. So before mm -hmm. we get to to that album, her most recent one, I'm just curious to hear, especially you know, living in Spain, where you know where she's from and where she has the most yeah. influence. Um, yeah, the progression from the beginning, from her first album Los Angeles, up until today, 
what do you what do you see in her i don't know what has changed for her how do you think she's progressed since you know the first album well i have to say that i i'm not a real uh rosalia's consumer mm -hmm. uh, i have to say i have to admit that but uh when i when i did uh, before i i answer that question i think i i need to explain this um i'm not a real Rosalia's consumer apart from you know the the, the typical um tunes that you can hear uh on the radio sure. for example mm -hmm. uh, and that made me um become more curious about her and and her style and, and why she was doing this or that um so i don't really know that first album i've, I've heard a couple of songs mm -hmm. um and there is a huge change uh i think uh in this first um album she was more I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't say that she was enjoying more, but uh she was more focused on, on one style, you know. Mm -hmm. Um probably because at that point I think she was still at university, she was studying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was studying music. So she was like, well, doing her final thesis or even though she finished with the second album, I think. She finished the university with the second album, but yeah. we can see that she was really into um this uh flamenco style um folklore and all this and then there's a huge change with this with this um last album where i think that she, she's trying to on the one hand find her place her style let's say and for that she has to like play with everything it's like she's not abandoning the folklore style the flamenco style mm -hmm. um she's been really criticized for that obviously uh both sides i mean by those uh of, of uh, those people who who say you should not do that and those people who say you should not do what you're doing now <laughs> yeah so i mean she's, she's got haters everywhere uh no matter what she does i i guess um but then i, I think that this is where we can see this change. Uh, she's trying to find uh, her own style. And for that, she has to play with everything until now. I mean, this is this is a very, very eclectic, very chaotic album. But then I think that we'll find more calm in the next album. You do. Okay. But this is my opinion. Okay. So we'll see. We'll soon find out. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah. the first album, yeah, it's this mix of the folk and the, the flamenco. And a lot of it, she's redoing songs that, you know, she's covering songs by other artists and putting her own spin on it. But then mm -hmm. I think you see with the second album, El Mar Querer, when she first gets international recognition, yeah. she starts playing. Yeah, that does. Yeah. No, that, that I was saying that, that's where um, I got to to know her. I mean, I didn't know any anything from her previously. Uh, so. It was because actually it was because I'm not, I'm not a, a, a musical analyst mm -hmm. or anything. I'm a philologist and I tried to do this video because I found it interesting. And all this comes from another video from um, a YouTube channel uh, by, by a YouTuber called Jaime Altozano that you probably know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. He did a marvelous analysis of El Mar Carrer from a musical uh, perspective because he is um, um, a musical yeah. uh analyst and what many things as well right and that was really interesting the way she put everything there and then i i heard i i heard this new album i had nothing to do with that but she was still playing with the lyrics you know and that's when i think well 
I'm not a musician, but I know a couple of things about literature, and I'm seeing that she's doing something there. So let's try to to analyze what she is doing, because literature is all about puns and interpreting as well. And it's also, true that I mentioned a couple yeah. of things. Yeah. No, I was going to say the basis of El Mal Querer is, you know, uh, a significant piece of literature. Um, I think it's the story of La Flamenca, which is what is an Occitan? Uh, like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the whole basis is that story. And she was trying to integrate, you know, the traditional music, the stories from the past with, you know, a modern spin. So, but no, I mean, I'm interested to hear just from your kind of literary perspective what you see in that in that album. In this new album, and on the the the, El yeah. the second one, yeah. Well, the, the Carer, it, we we can say that. Um, what may, I don't know if I should say this, but <laughs> there's no effort, let's say, mm-hmm. on the lyrics. Interesting. Because I mean, on her part, because the lyrics were already there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Malquerer is, as you say, is based on a, on a piece of work from. Um, 12th century, I don't really remember. I think so, yeah. Um, and it's in, in another language, I think it was in Occitan as Occitan. well. Uh, so she basically she basically to, took the lyrics, took this poem or, or piece of work, and, and then she sang it. I don't know the changes because I don't know the, the, the real, I mean, the original um, manuscripts, all right? Mm-hmm. But basically, she's relating what, what she's got in this manuscript. On the other side, uh, sorry, on the other hand, we, we have to admit that she's doing a, I don't know, a, a marvelous work with the voice. That's something that we 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 don't have to be uh, deaf <laughs> to realize that, you know, it's like, oh my God, she's a really good singer. Now in this work, this is something different, different story. Um, she has nothing to do with that previous uh, Rosalia. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she's trying to create things on her own. And I think that she realized <laughs> that it's not that easy. Um, but but she, she managed to, to do it anyways and mix it with, um, with new rhythms, new um, techniques, I would say, uh, of, of recording and, you know, how to tune as well. How would you put this together so it, it makes some kind of sense and, and it works at um market level i mean because maybe you like it you don't like it but then in the real life it works i mean the numbers are there you know yeah so what is he doing there uh, literally speaking in the market we we can see that this pure literature but i think it's all because it was already there i mean it was written by probably a, a well, a, a real writer, <laughs> mm-hmm. a poet, or other things. I don't know if it's a poem or not, but anyways, a writer. Uh, and in this case, apart from, I think she she got like two. I think it was two uh, two works that were already uh, like homage to other to yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. I think there were two, if I'm not wrong. I think so, yeah. Uh, apart from that, because in this case, she didn't have to create anything mm-hmm. um, from the lyrics perspective. Uh, apart from those two, um, well, she, she tried to to play with the lyrics 
we can see, well, uh, oxymorons, for example, where you show the uh, conflicting ideas, right? Ideas of Christ, well, mm -hmm. like, like hot and cold, for example, things like that. Um, hyperbole, uh, when you exaggerate things, you can see many of these uh, literary devices. Um, and it's more childish, I would say, compared to the other one. In the other one, you can see, from my point of view, um, you can see a, a very professional, professional in the, um, I mean, from the perspective of, of, of literature, I mean, yeah. a very liter literary work, I would say. Whereas here you can see uh, I don't know, something more plain. Yeah. I'm not saying that is not good. I'm not saying it's not bad. Uh, and this is interesting because when I when I made this video, I, you know, this video went kind of viral. I would say yeah. Yeah, um, a lot of views. Yeah. for me at least. I mean, my, my channel had at that point, I don't even know if it was like a thousand subscribers, mm -hmm. and I and I still have like. 3,000 or something like that. I'm, I'm a really tiny channel. And then I got this video with 200,000 views. For me, that was viral for my channel, you know? Yeah. And then I, I received uh, a, a lot of support and at the same time, a lot of um, hate. Hmm. But this hate has something particular. When I receive all this hate, you can see in the comments, um, most of it was because um, the 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 authors of these comments were criticizing the fact that I think that the new album is a masterpiece. Mm. And this is really interesting because I, I think in nowhere in the video you can see my opinion in, in that sense. The only thing that I can that I see that I'm sorry, the only thing I say in the video is like it's great what she's doing, but I'm not saying if I like the music or not. Yeah. I try to to keep it obey, you know. Like, hey, this is my opinion, trying to be objective on what she's doing. I'm not saying that I like the music or that I don't like the music. And all this hate came like saying, oh my, oh my God, how do you think that this is a masterpiece? I'm not saying that. <laughs> and I'm not saying that it's a, you know, the opposite. I was going to say a word, but, but no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying either of them, you know. It's like, this is what it is. You can like it or not. But it's true that what she's doing in this song is great. Now you can like the song or not. You know, it's like you can like uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe um, um, a mystery novel, mm -hmm. mystery movie, for example. Maybe you don't like it, but the way the director uh, drives the attention of, of of the spectators, you know, the audience, maybe it's great. But then you don't like the story. Yeah, things are different. So, mm. and that's why I think it's really interesting how they throw all these hate uh, <laughs> towards me with these arguments. Like, how do you like so much? I don't say that. Actually, the same at, at the beginning of this uh, interview, I said I'm not a, I'm not really a, a Rosalia's consumer. I like some songs, I like some of them, but I try to be as objective as possible. So, from my point of view, in this last album, um, I think that she is more childish, except for some song that I explained in the video that she's she's becoming like more mature on purpose, mm -hmm. right? Like saying, hey, don't forget that I'm still here. I'm not all the time like this. Um, 
and and that's why you can see a a really big progression from one to the other one. Yeah. So no, I mean, let's go a little bit more in depth into Motomami because, and I have to say, your video was probably the most. I would say the most insightful analysis that I found because most people, and you know, like you really got to the depth of what she's doing. And I find that most people either they're critical of her for whatever reasons, or they just, mm -hmm. they like the sound, they like the hype, but no one's really looking at what is she really doing here? And I think, right. you know, I, the, she posted this playlist on Spotify around the time the album was released, showing all yeah, the songs yeah. that inspired her, um, all the songs on the album. And if, if you look through this playlist of songs, like she has so many different kinds of genres, kinds of singers, like she has obviously a lot of reggaeton and flamenco, but she has, you know, like soft rock, she has classical, gospel, she has, mm -hmm. of course, bachata, bolero, like hip hop, dance, club music. It's like a really eclectic mix. So mm -hmm. you see that she put a lot of work and a lot of consideration into what she was doing. And I, I just, I don't find that many reviewers or people analyzing her see that there's something very creative. Now you can say it's good or bad. That's another story, but there definitely is something cre very creative, a mix happening here and I again in your video I think you get to the root of that so no I, let, let's talk more about like the different elements that she's bringing together in this album what do you see her doing here well I really like the way as you said uh, that the way she mixes different genres in into one single song one single tune mm -hmm. you know and uh, the reason why I like this is because at the same time she's doing things with the music that normally we uh we don't pay attention to probably because we don't even know mm -hmm. you know it's like um for example i remember one of them uh because I, I don't i don't remember the names of of, of of this old lyrics the one where she was playing um flamenco she was singing and playing well she was not playing the instrument uh, uh, music yeah. And... yeah yeah exactly that one that one um, it's really interesting how she, well, she was like, when you hear the song, it's like she's doing nothing apart from singing. Mm -hmm. You listen to it and say, like, okay, it's a, it's a song, uh, flamenco song, and she sings very well, that's it. But there are certain details that she's doing there at the same time. Like, well, as I explained in the video, that there are different styles of flamenco mm -hmm. that she's playing first one then she moves to another style then she moves back to the other style and it's crazy how she she does that i mean people probably foreign people don't know this but flamenco is um it's a huge style like it's a, it's a, like a big style with many 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 songs yeah and daughters mm -hmm. right people normally speak of flamenco as it is one uh, single one, thing yeah but you have like different, different exactly style. it's like when you say yeah, yeah Probably um, a similar would be like if you say Latin music, mm -hmm. but then you have bachata, you have uh, many, many styles. So flamenco is something like that, mm -hmm. right? And and if you are not into it, probably you don't say it. I mean, in my case, for example, I'm from the south of Spain. I've, I wouldn't say I've grown, um, I've grown with, with all these mm -hmm. things. My, my, father for example used to listen to this kind of music yeah my grandma as well um i mean i could say for me it would be legit to say flamenco is part of my life mm -hmm. but i can sing 
I can play the guitar or anything like that. She knows more than me in that sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and even for me, it was difficult to realize what she was doing. For my video, I had to um, do some research as well because I, I, uh, I could speak of the literary aspects, but not entirely from the musical aspects. That's why I, I don't include so many musical aspects yeah. because I don't really know them. I know a couple of them. And for that, I even had to like do some research to, to check that it was fine, you know? Um, and in this uh, song, she was singing flamenco, that style, then she moves to another style, then she moves back to the other style. And with the music, she was telling you the style that she was playing with the guitar as well. And that's impossible to know if you are not a musician. Mm -hmm. So for me, that is magic because he's doing so, so, so many things at the same time. But for you, for, for the for the listener, she's only singing. Yeah. She's, all right, she's good singing. I like this song. I don't like this song. And that's it. And and that's only one of the, one of the, one of the examples. I mean, I could say um, another one. I, I especially like the ones where she seems not to do anything mm -hmm. because then you realize that she's doing a lot of things like in this case uh the one that she's um speaking about uh the one whose name was um Je jenny is, is the okay. name of, of her jenny's the, exactly. the yeah yeah the nephew exactly well it's a very slow tune um the lyrics don't appear to be really complicated i mean sometimes you don't have to do complicated things to get where you want to get you know uh and this is one of the cases she's apparently uh writing a letter to her nephew yeah saying i'm sorry because i'm here and you're there and i'm missing you uh and all this but then you see how she speaks about hollywood um the, the, the melody of the music gets, uh, um, sorry, takes you to to the exact point of drama that she wants you to be in. Um, and it's probably the, the, the saddest tune of all. And then you hear her, her grandma mm -hmm. as well, which is like using, which, is, which I think is wonderful, using her um, mother tongue, which is now Spanish. It's Catalan. It's yeah. Catalan right i mean she could have said hey grandma can you send me the same audio in spanish because i'm going to put this into the album uh, i mean if you think from the from the market point of view it's like well if you do it in spanish you're going to have more um audience mm -hmm. able to understand what she's saying if you do it in catalan or in, the, in any other let's say minority language um you're risking losing that song you know mm -hmm. somehow but she was like i don't care yeah it's like, <laughs> so she's not afraid of 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 doing what she which she enjoys and and expressing what she is really yeah and i mean one of the the themes that you really highlight starting with the first song on the album is this sense first of dualism of like opposing elements being joined together but also of chaos of what we could say deconstruction so like in sao yeah. she's mixing this reggaeton beat with the jazz piano 
Um, and you talk a little bit about the lyrics and you know the theme. So can you say a little bit just about those themes of again the, the dualism, the contrast, but also the the chaos? Yeah, you mean the, the first song, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is uh, Saoko. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I think that that's a perfect song. I, obviously, she did on, on purpose, I, mm -hmm. I guess. It's the perfect song to to start this album. We were talking about um, the progression from the last album to this one, mm -hmm. and how her style changed. And this is the perfect mirror for that. Um, you can say that the song uh, is is a eclectic, has apparently no no pattern. Um, when you are like getting the gist of the song, then the song changes into another thing. And then you go, I think, went to, to jazz somehow um, at some point of the song. And then you went back to um, Latin rhythms. And it's like, what, what, what the hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. Right. And then using um, sounds of, of um, well, not, I would call them noise. So mm -hmm. you use noise as part of the music as well. Yeah, with the motor um, samples. Yeah. Exactly. As the percussion, right? Mm hmm. And it's like, wow, <laughs> maybe you don't like this. Um, but um, I think this is a the perfect song to start the album because of this, because then this song is telling you what you're going to find in the in the album. You're going to find Latin rhythms. You're going to find uh, interesting mixes. You're going to find uh, things that seem not have uh, any, any um, sense together. But as we can see in the album, the whole album itself has its own progression until the last song, mm -hmm. where she actually says goodbye <laughs> from a concert. Yeah, she chose that song. This, um, because don't forget that this album was recorded in a studio, yeah, and then she included the noise well, the sound of, of, of the audience uh, from a concert, uh, which was a previous concert. Right, but she she chose that for the last song of, of the uh, of of the album for a reason, and this first song is at the same time showing. Well, how would you chose? Sorry, how would you show um, um, this random element? Mm -hmm. Okay, not only with the noise, not only with the style, but also with the lyrics. That's how she's using. Well, call holds uh quick slow blah 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 right I, I don't know the lyrics from from my from heart <laughs> by heart but um but that's how she does it basically and and it in covers i think this covers all the different uh elements that you will find in the whole art, uh, album mm -hmm. yeah and i also you were saying how in in the first song but in many of the songs that she's using language like she's using slang from Puerto Rico, from Dominican Republic. Yeah. She's using, you know, space slang from Spain. She's using exactly. land. She's using, she's referring to traditional, both like modern figures, whether from America, Latin yeah. America, flamenco artists, models, celebrities. Like it's the, the kind of juxtaposition of all the, this language and these references contributes to the sense of, you know, of duality mm -hmm. and chaos, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and the other, the one of the other themes that you were you're saying, it's this childish sense of just kind of nonsense. So, like when you look at um, chicken teriyaki, it's like it's a silly kind of idea that she's singing about chicken teriyaki. 
Um, and one of the lyrics that you highlight, she talks about rosas azules, so like blue roses, which naturally don't exist. Yeah, right? I have to say that that at that point, um, I made a mistake in my video. Yeah. About that. Well, it's not really a mistake, I would say, because yeah. a lot of comments on the video said, hey, you're wrong. Um, you're wrong about this interpretation of uh, rosas I think it was, uh, no, rosas azules. I think it was Rosafelis or or Benji's. I think well, both of them. Yeah. yeah. The thing is that I said, uh, well, in the case of Benji's, I, I got two mistakes in the video, okay. but I wouldn't tag them as mistakes completely because, as I say again, and the whole video was my interpretation of what she was doing, mm -hmm. uh, and I interpreted that that thing in a way that was apparently wrong because when she speaks about the rosas azules or the blue roses mm -hmm. or the benjis she's talking about money and in the video i was saying that she was probably uh referring to something else right or she was uh meant to say this or or, or whatever but i i recorded the video in 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 two days okay so <laughs> it was really difficult for me to check everything and i knew of course that something was going to you know to leak or or something something was going to go through my hands um but yeah yeah she's including a lot of um slang as you say from puerto rico from spain andalusian slang as well sometimes in a song related to the folklore and flamenco and linguistically i think that is that is wonderful and some people complain about that because she was like hey why don't you focus on one style why don't you or when we talk about the um, appropriation mm -hmm. as well, cultural appropriation, she's been, she's been really uh, and heavily uh, just uh, for that. Yeah. When uh, I don't think that there is any reason to do that. Mm. I think I think it started with, with Sp even Spanish yeah, no. people. Well, okay. Huh? I mean, the first accusation of appropriation begins in, from the first album because she's doing flamenco music and she's doesn't have any gypsy blood. She's, you know, Nahita. Yeah. So what, but... what do you make of that accusation of non-gypsy Spaniards making flamenco yeah. music? Sorry, again? I mean, do, do you think that's um, like a valid accusation that like if you're not if you're no. Spanish, you don't have gypsy blood because she said it herself she said like someone asked her like do you think you're appropriating and she's like no flamenco doesn't belong to gypsies which is i mean it's from gypsies but do you have to be gypsy to sing it well, that's yeah. what everyone's arguing about this this accusation for me makes no sense that is like if you say if i'm not british i can speak english yeah for me Right, but let's go to music then, and, and let's use musical examples. Right, so when they say, and, and, and this is such a pity because uh, a lot of these um, accusations came from Spanish people as well, because here in Spain, folk, I mean, flamenco is seen as a gypsy thing, right, and it's something that I mean, it's really weird to see and to listen to somebody um, performing some kind of flamenco if they are not from flamenco roots, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so that's why Spanish people are so critical uh, with, with, with that. But, I mean, one of, well, actually, if I'm not wrong, uh, the best flamenco singer in the world right now is from Catalonia. Miguel Poveda is his name. 
And the most interesting thing, because in Catalonia, you know, during during the dictatorship, during Franquismo, when Francisco Franco was a dictator before the, the we had a king and all that before democracy. Um, well, first of all, minority languages were forbidden in Spain. Right, mm, you, yeah. you you could only speak Spanish. Um, besides that, because of the poverty in different uh, areas of the country, many Andalusian people migrated to Catalonia in the northeast of Spain. Yeah. So nowadays, it's pretty common to find Catalan people with Andalusian parents mm. or grandpas. I mean, it's quite normal. So you can think, okay, this guy was born there, but half of his family is from Andalusia. So it makes sense. The interesting point in this case is that this guy has no family from Andalusia, has no links with Andalusia. He's 100%, let's say, from Catalonia, and he's the number one singer uh, in the world, wow. talking about um, Slovenko, right? So that's one example. Also, um, by the way, my final thesis uh, in uh, when I was at university was about black english hmm. african-american vernacular english for yeah, those yeah. Uh, who are not <laughs> familiar with it yeah so i i will uh set something for those people who maybe don't know what i'm talking about if we ac accuse her of uh committing cultural um um what do we say cultural uh appropriation exactly sorry well what should we do about eminem then yeah I mean, there's a perfect example. He was a white guy, and he was using a, a music style that nowadays everybody sings and everybody performs. But let's go back in time. Let's go back to the 90s. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, rap was rap itself. The the word rap is Black English. Yeah. Black, I mean, rap means speak in Black English. Yeah. And it's interesting because these people don't know this. These people don't know anything that even, and, and maybe you can tell me, um, I would say even white American people still think that most of them, I guess, no, maybe not 100%, but they still think that black people speak wrong English. Some or don't know even. Depends. It's, uh, you know, it depends where you are because I guess it's a little bit passe or politically incorrect to, to, yeah, to exactly. tell someone who speaks AAVE it's improper English. But I don't know. I mean, the thing with Eminem, I, um, I, at least I see this with hip hop in the US that if you're white and you're rapping, there's an expectation that you're going to show a certain level of respect to black mm -hmm. people because the music did not originate from white people it's you know it's primarily black Americans. Yeah. and i think like with rosalia i remember earlier on el país put out a video on youtube with i think who was it maria jose Diego and some other gypsy flamenco singer basically uh -huh. saying like if you are white and you're going to sing flamenco you should show you need to show more respect to gypsies like you should, you should be talking more about gypsies um you need to show that like your mu the music you're making is coming from oppressed people and one of the singers in the video said something about how in the video for Malamente she's using mm -hmm. like uh, images that are associated with gypsies she uses words that the gypsies use 
but in a way that's very that's too playful they're saying like she needs to show a little bit more reverence um and that she gives the sense that she's taking advantage of the gypsies and it's like on one hand sure maybe she could show more respect or give more recognition to gypsies but at the end of the day what concerns me is that people totally dismiss her music because they think oh this is morally wrong what she's doing is it's like you can the, again the question of morality is something on the side the quality of the mm -hmm. music the creativity i just i don't think you can deny that something aesthetically artistically good is happening whether or not yeah. you think it's morally a problem because who else is doing this who else is merging you know a traditional spanish gypsy form of music with all these other genres in a very creative way yeah. like, i think she deserves respect recognition for that you know yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. And and you mentioned in your video that when she did La Fama, that, you know, she's doing bachata, which is a Dominican form of music. She's not mm -hmm. Dominican. The weekend is not Hispanic. He's, you know, Black Canadian. Um, but, but listen, Shakira did a bachata as well. Yeah. Yeah. But Shakira is not Dominican. Yeah. And I, again, it's like, sure, you can make the claim that, oh, she should talk about how bachata comes from Dominicans and she should have, sure, whatever, but is the song creative or not? I think what she's, first of all, the lyrics are very interesting, what she's saying about fame, mm -hmm. but also just the sound, um, because she said that her goal was to create a bachata song without guitars, which is mm -hmm. very uncommon. And she did, she did it with, you know, with percussion and with, you know, synthesizer. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it is an interesting song, whether you think it's politically correct or not, it's another story yeah that's what we we're talking about at the beginning of, of, of the interview like you got this what she's doing is great now you can like it or not but that doesn't mean that um you know that doesn't clash with the idea of, of being good or, or, or bad yeah and that's one of the things i wrote in the, the article that i sent you is that like when we when our primary way of critiquing music is through the lens of morality and not through you know artistry and aesthetics it's like yeah. we're losing sight on what the point of art is art isn't always moral art isn't always politically correct that, that's not necessarily the point um and i'm just finding at least in the us and i'm sure also in some ways in spain that most people their first question is like is this politically correct or not is this moral or not and again it's like that's a question on the side this is art like we need to judge is this good yeah. the art or not whether you like it morally or not it's you know it's something else I think just because he became such a mediatic um, figure, you know, she's in the spotlight. So whatever she does, it's going to be criticized, whether you like it or not. And 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 that's it. I, I think when, when you get to this point, with the, you get to this level of, of uh, popularity, mm -hmm. uh, it's something that you have to deal with. Uh, there are going to be people who, who love what you do. There are going to be people who hate what you do and unfortunately uh not only in spain but i think in the whole world um you know a lot of people are going to criticize what you do with no arguments at all mm -hmm. you know just for the sake of it just because i i hate what you do and i i have the need of making you know it for some reason i don't know why people have this need <laughs> well, people like, why, why? 
I think part of it's people just want to take advantage of a chance to get attention, but also yeah, maybe like to be able to criticize somebody else morally for what they're doing wrong might feel empowering. It might make you feel like a better person. I don't know. But again, it's just like, it's sad that people don't really look at the quality of art as much. Exactly. Or maybe just, but for different reasons, sometimes they are, well, uh, let's say they, they are ignorant um, hmm. in that aspect or some ignorant, some of them ignorant because they don't know about that topic or that art, whatever it is, yeah. or sometimes which is, which is worse because they just don't want to do some research well that too yeah um, you know and it's, so it's i prefer to yeah to say this mm -hmm. and that's it yeah. i don't care if it's true or not <laughs> yeah and her attitude towards it it's funny because like for example you mentioned in biscochito that she kind of pokes fun at the fact that an artist like la mala rodriguez is criticizing her when then um who is it araka kiko the dominican dembo yeah. artist says that he likes her so it's like look i mean you can criticize me but people from DR who are making Dembo, who are making this music, they like what I'm doing. So I don't really care. Like, it's, it's just funny <laughs> that she doesn't get into arguments, but she just like makes fun of it. She doesn't mm -hmm. try to defend herself necessarily. Exactly. It's just like, hey, this is what I got. There you have it. And yeah, which is funny when in, in the song, she says something like, hey, and you had to deal with it because your mom, you know, your mom is singing my song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like I said. Yeah, she has a sense of humor. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I think the 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 recurring theme of this like this chaos, this deconstruction of of the categories and merging, you know, merging seemingly opposing categories. Um, it's it's an interesting commentary just on what's happening in the culture today that you're seeing more and more. At least if you look at it philosophically, like this postmodern, poststructuralist sensibility that you know, certain categories we take for granted are falling apart and that, you know, um, we're merging these opposites, the opposing ideals. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just a reflection of what's going on. And I feel like when most people talk about her, it's either to criticize the cultural appropriation or they just like it because it's catchy music. Um, and I just, I don't find many people who are reading into what she's, the cultural commentary and the, the real creativity of, her music um yeah i'm just curious to ask because like at least in the u.s the only people who talk about her is like you know i think latin americans latinos living in the u.s mm -hmm. they know her music some people are mad at her i think vast majority you know like listening to her songs on the radio mm -hmm. and also because she collaborates with reggaeton singers she's dating Raul alejandro so like they know who she is but few mm -hmm. people are actually analyzing like you know what is she saying why is this culturally relevant um, in Spain, what is the general attitude? Like, do you see people reading into her? Do you see people who are just fans because it's catchy? What, what do you see in Spain? I think it's pretty much the same. You got people yeah. who really like it because it's it's just catchy. You know, people who are I don't know, uh, people who don't really care about if it's moral or morally incorrect or not. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they just want to enjoy the music. It's catchy. Let's go on. And then, and then, uh, of course, we have a lot of haters, as I said at the beginning, and because they 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 try to use everything at hand to 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 be right, you know. Yeah. Um. So they use sometimes the, the topic of hey, you you shouldn't 
use this uh, genre because you're not gypsy or you're not flamenca or you're blah, 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 blah. But I think in general, if, if we talk about percentages, maybe, <laughs> I think more than half, way more than half enjoy the, the, the songs, you know, enjoy the album because it's catchy. And at the end, at the end of the day, um, that's what it counts. Uh, you, you probably have a lot of people who criticize her and I'm really sure that they have, mm, they have at least mumbled the songs more than once. <laughs> it, knowing or not knowing that it was one of her songs. But now, for example, with, with TikTok, mm -hmm. right? You have a lot of uh, challenges. Yeah. And when she released the album, <clears throat> um, a couple of these challenges with her music became viral as well. So then, and of course you could see in the comments, hey, I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. But most of the comments were good. Sharing the sharing the video, uh, all the people trying to replicate uh, and, and and do the same as well. Um, I think that's, that's the most uh, general uh, idea about the album, that people like it, people mm -hmm. like it. Because at the end of the day, yeah, you can, you can argue with somebody if you want uh, but at the end people are going to get tired of that argument yeah so it's like okay if you want to argue argue on your own just leave me alone <laughs> yeah and people prefer to enjoy uh, that, that's it so yeah, yeah. You, you got both sides but i think that you got more people that, that, that enjoy than people that doesn't mm. yeah and the other thing i was going to ask you so like i because I studied Spanish literature when I was in Spain, like I mm -hmm. tend to find certain other literary themes beyond the, you know, La Flamenca and Malquerer. I feel like there are some allusions to Lorca in some of her works, because at least on um, Malquerer, there's um, mm -hmm. Que no salga la luna, which is basically, it's based right. on Bolas de Sangre. But exactly. also the kind of, there are these mystical spiritual themes that you see running throughout her music. Um, some of it's, you know, borrowing from, more ancient kind of pagan mythology. Some of it's from like Catholic mysticism. Um, you know, she covered the song of San Juan de la Cruz. She did um, Aunque Sea de Noche or something. But one of the things that I notice is that in one of Lorca's essays on the Duende, he talks about how the Duende is like, you know, the awareness of, of death, of the inevitability of the fact that we're all gonna die, that life is dramatic, that you know, life is not as picture perfect and clean as we may uh -huh. want to be. And that the flamenco singers, they capture that sense, that awareness of, of the tragic or of death. And in this essay that he writes about the Duende, he mentions, you know, like beyond Spain and flamenco culture, you see that kind of sensibility all around the world. And he mentions the music of Afro-Caribbeans in, you know, in Puerto Rico and mm -hmm. Cuba. He mentions that, you know, the style of drumming, the way of singing, captures the same sensibility as the flamenco singers. So when you see her doing reggaeton, doing dembo and mixing with flamenco and people are critical, it's like, there's actually a lot of parallels here. There's actually a, a similar sensibility, a similar yeah. spiritual or philosophical awareness, but also musically speaking, like, you know, Caribbean music is not that distant from flamenco. I mean, because when the Spaniards were in Latin America, they brought certain sounds, they brought certain instruments. So like, sonically as well you see that they converge they come together because like when she when she did linda with tokisha 
you know, it's a Dembo song, but they're doing the flamenco hand claps and it, it goes together. Exactly. So it's like, again, you yeah, can yeah, criticize yeah. morally for whatever, but there's so much thematically and uh, musically that's happening in this, in this mix that you can't ignore that it's, you know, it's very creative. It is. Uh, and it's funny because, uh, for example, most of these people uh, who criticize her from the flamenco point of view, um, again, again, some of them are really ignorant. Um, and this can be cured, healed with some research. Sometimes I speak of flamenco as if flamenco is something that has been here from the beginning of the times. Mm -hmm. They forget that flamenco is um, a music style that has been and is in a constant evolution. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, let me show you something uh, that most of well, many people uh, not, don't know or, or just forget uh, one of the one of the elements in flamenco one of the instruments uh, the, the, the most popular instruments in flamenco you know when they play flamenco they they use of course the, the andalusian guitar mm -hmm. right the flamenco guitar but they use another really popular instrument which is what we call el cajon mm, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it has a translation into english because if we translate it literally we mean the drawer <laughs> But I don't think that's the name for it. Um, cajon is is uh, how would you describe it? It's like it's like, like a, a, a wooden a wooden box. Yeah. Right. Depending on where where you slap, it has like a different sound. Yeah. Right. Somehow. All right. So this is one of the most iconic uh, instruments for flamenco. Mm -hmm. But this was introduced in the seventies in flamenco. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. All right. Wow. Actually, uh, some years ago, the best uh, the best flamenco guitar player player of all the times, Paco de Lucia, mm -hmm. died. Right, he died, and he was the one introducing the the, the cajon mm -hmm. to flamenco because uh, he 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 said in an interview that he'd been uh, on tour in in well in in the United States in around America uh, as well, and some people who I think it was some people who went with that with him or or, or something saw it. it it actually I think it comes from from the Peruvian cajon mm, okay it's oh. very 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 similar right and then he said hey why don't we use it and they introduced the flamenco into the I mean sorry they introduced the cajon into the flamenco music nowadays you cannot think of flamenco without this instrument mm -hmm. right yeah it was probably was really uh, criticized at the time. I don't know because I wasn't born yet. <laughs> but probably was like that. Now another figure, for example, in in, in flamenco, Camarón de la Isla. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, probably you've heard of him. It's like yeah. one of the best flamenco singers of the world. Now he is seeing as um, probably I'm going to receive a lot of haters <laughs> after this video yeah. because I'm speaking about this. I'm, I'm not I'm not a flamenco or something, but <laughs> yeah. um, the thing is. He is seen nowadays as um well one of the maximum figures in flamenco, yeah, right? Top three, top two singers, right? But um some would say that other flamenco's style, other flamenco's flamenco was even better than his. The the reason why he became so popular or so good uh in this world was not only because of the way he sang. But because the way he mixed flamenco with other styles, yeah, 
nowadays you think you you, you mentioned uh, Camarón, uh, at least in Spain, and say oh flamenco, yeah. But they think of flamenco in 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 a very archaic well uh, way. Archaic, yeah. In a very archaic way. When when he was trying to change flamenco, actually. <laughs> hmm. to make it more modern i mean you just have to listen to to any of his i mean he's got um traditional flamenco albums as well but he was trying to to change everything to change to, to break the canons yeah and this is one of the reasons why i think motomami deserves more recognition because yeah it's not only that she's merging different styles of music but she's merging different forms of culture so like i don't know like i keep thinking of andy warhol and the pop art movement that you're merging high art culture with mass media popular culture um similar to what lady gaga did with the art pop album but you're taking reggaeton you're taking hip-hop dance club music references to again to celebrities like these models naomi campbell and merging it with people who are considered, you know, major artists, whether it's Camarón de la Isla, she mentions like classical musicians. Um, she talks about, you know, social media, TikTok culture, but you're merging the, the high culture and the low culture, for lack of, a, lack of a better term, which I think is, is really creative. But it's also, at least from my perspective, this is the first time I'm seeing someone bringing reggaeton, contemporary Caribbean music, into dialogue with high culture to the point of really what I would say, like, she's making it part of the artistic canon, the musical canon, which, mm -hmm. again, I'm sure there are other artists who have done it, but not at the level that she has. And I think rather than criticizing her for using that music, she deserves respect for bringing it into dialogue with this global perspective. Um, because you know, I'm not, I think it deserves to be brought into this dialogue. And I just don't see many people doing that. Yeah, I, I see as well that there are many people who are criticizing her all the time just because they for some reason hate her uh you know that sometimes i agree that you cannot like everybody no all right but hating is a different thing for me hating is like a very big word mm -hmm. and now nowadays it's used as a normal word as a plain word and uh but sometimes people go too far you know it's like and, and sometimes um just because they don't like her they decide to criticize everything she she does without even trying to give it a go without even trying to sit down listen to it carefully and try to find out what she's doing there which i think is really stupid for, for yeah. their part to be honest but we live in a society that i think nowadays i mean um our world is, is becoming something really, really fast. People want everything at the time. People, we, we live in a moment where you can express your opinion at the moment. And that opinion goes around the world in a couple of seconds. And people still don't realize that. And don't realize that the, the power of, of their own words, and the, the the harm, the pain that they can cause as well. They just use these words um, indistinctively, you know, as if they, as if they yeah. were saying something completely different. They don't pay attention to what they say. I imagine that if these people had most of the time the person in question in front of them, I wonder if they would say the same thing, you know, mm. yeah. the same way. 
Yeah, no, I think it's an interesting question. Um, and, and at least uh, one of the, the last things that I wanted to bring up is the theme of, of fame, of getting recognition, which, again, I, we can see the same kind of interest in her criticizers, that there is a desire for recognition, a desire to be heard. Um, so, you know, obviously, the first time we hear about it on the album is in La Fama, where she talks about mm -hmm. how it's she talks about fame as if it's a relationship personified, that she's fascinated by fame. She's attracted. It also kills her. You know, it, um, it's it's violent. It's dangerous. And then we see, where was it? So then in Diablo, I, I found your analysis of that to be really interesting because mm -hmm. first, sonically, it has this kind of 2000 reggaeton beat, but her singing style is more of a flamenco, also with a little bit of auto-tune. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I like she's talking about this like interplay between being angelic and becoming like a devil. And it kind of a reference to her first album, Los Angeles, which people consider, yeah. you know, more of a pure sound. Now she's changing things up. Um, you know, it's not as pure anymore. It's a little more, you know, less traditional, more artificial. But again, this commentary on fame, like would she have been as famous if she just continued doing that pure folklorico flamenco style? Um no one really would be talking about her if she didn't mix things up. So, mm -hmm. you know, is it, I don't know, like, is it, is she bad for doing it? Is she, is she, you know, Diablo now for, for getting more fame, for changing her style? Um, and, and you mentioned how it's interesting at the end, she has James Blake singing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What, can you, can you talk a little bit more about your, your thoughts on Diablo and how she ends it with James Blake? I think you explained it very well. Um, yeah, she, she's doing uh, in that song, Diablo, she's precisely uh, mentioning the fact that a lot of people are criticizing her and her work as well, because we got used to her previous album, La Fama, which was, I say, a, a piece of work, a masterpiece. A masterpiece. Um, and it was also like uh, all the time the same style, um, I would say. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm wrong. I think it was the whole album was like yeah. a same style right. uh, together, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and now she changed and she's being criticized for that. And mm -hmm. uh, what she's showing is people are scared of changes, basically. And that shows fear. And what people do when they fear something is hate it. They attack it. We don't like change. If, if you don't like something, you attack it yeah. so that you get rid of it. And that's what that's practically what, what people are doing with her. But she's at the same time in, the, in this song, she's saying, hey, don't forget that I'm still the same Rosalia as in the first album. And that's how that, that's why she shows a little bit of, you know, when she changes um, the style into flamenco-ish, mm -hmm. right? In the same song, like, hey, I'm still here. I didn't go away, right? But let's go back to now and then she changes back again to the, the original style of the of the same song um and it's showing that that she she's changing that she's trying to find a, a style that she's playing with everything that especially in the song she's saying um not because it's different it has to be bad you know mm -hmm. um previously um the other album was great okay why this one cannot be that good just because it's different. I, I can do both things. Let me do both things, right? Yeah. And then she introduces uh, the, the other singer, right? To I think in this case, it's just for the for the mix of, of, of styles, not mm -hmm. just because of the message itself, but because of the mix of styles. 
new and old, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's just yeah, and it's and it's interesting that she follows up um, Diablo with Delirio de Grandeza, which you know it's a cover mm -hmm. of a bolero song uh, by Justo Betancor. Um, and yeah. it, I, don't know, I think the fact that she decided to include bolero in the first place is interesting because you know bolero has a history of having a Spanish root, but also very Caribbean at the same time. That it's mm -hmm. it does um, there's a lot of it's a mixture. That, yeah, with rumba and flamenco. Also, it's interesting that, you know, her boyfriend, Rao Alejandro, did a bolero song on his album. So it's maybe mm -hmm. a trend they're starting. <laughs> but no, but she takes a song, which is, you know, the original version is about a relationship, about love. But you say that she's singing it about fame um, and is juxtaposing. You, you think she's juxtaposing this song with La Fama. Um, so what do you think she's saying differently about fame in Delirio de Grandeza? Regarding uh, Diablo. Just about like the concept of fame itself and like you know, the different but elements of fame. Delirio Grandeza, I would say that she, she's trying to to show that, you know, the fame, again, we have this duality of mm -hmm. uh, good and evil, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but she's more focused on, on, on the fama itself, obviously. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called that way. <laughs> um, but in this case, I see, I see that she's trying to show the you know both sides of fame mm -hmm. it can be good and bad but in, the, in this in this case whereas in the other uh song we have good and bad from the perspective of the people uh being judgmental and criticizing her because of what she does in this case it's more about more about the fame how fame can take you to different places um depending on how you dance with it you know mm, okay. interesting <laughs> I, I would say so you, you you can end up in a good place you can end up i mean fame can launch you up in the sky or can put you down pretty quickly yeah. and you can probably you, you you can think that you are in a high position and you don't realize and maybe you are ending your career mm -hmm. as well yeah, and it's that's why you have delirios, yeah. delirios de grandeza, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and it's again back to the previous song, Diablo. I think there is also this moral question of like, are you compromising yourself if you're reaching a certain level of fame? Like, because again, if she continued just doing the pure flamenco, she probably wouldn't have reached the level of fame. So, exactly, perhaps she's questioning, you know, did I sell out? Did I sell myself to the devil in order to reach this fame? Am I going to go to the furthest length to get even more fame? Like it's, you see, again, she's kind of questioning her own integrity. Yeah. Or or probably if, if she had continued with the flamenco side, probably even though she might have received at the beginning a lot of pretty, uh, criticism, um, probably she would have um, like consolidated uh, as, as a flamenco singer. So she wouldn't be maybe that famous, at least outside the flamenco world. Right, mm -hmm. but probably at the same time she wouldn't have been so criticized afterwards, you know, because she she would have continued with the same style. So it's like people would like, okay, well she's a flamenco style, yeah. she know what she's doing, you know. Now when you get some fame as she did in the previous album, and then you recite to break with everything, and not only break with everything, it's not only that okay I did a flamenco album, and then you decide to do a, a I don't know a bachata album mm -hmm. if you want or a rock album, whatever. 
and you change and go to you you go for that specific genre no no you break with it and then you take parts of what you did previously and you mix it up with other different genres that have nothing to do with it and you mix it up again in the next section in, a, in, in the next song with another one that had even less to do with that yeah and that, not only the styles but all of the sounds you, you start mixing the sounds up and you make everything look uh you make everything look as if it's i don't know something crazy then people don't understand and when people don't understand people attack because yeah. they are scared <laughs> mm. yeah and it's also interesting in that song that she ties in the the vocal from soldier boy the sample which again it's like you have this kind of classical style bolero with soldier yeah. boy who's very contemporary hip-hop and it's funny because that's from a song that's not very well known i remember from when i was in high school but the song mm -hmm. is about being you're so madly in love with someone that you become delirious so yeah. you know juxtaposing delusions of grandeur with being delirious from being in love again saying that she's so in love with fame that it might make her delirious might make her like lose her she's so so in love but at the same time she she shows uh because that's another thing that in the video was really criticized well not criticized people were not hating me for it but people people were like telling me hey you made a mistake you know because when you make a mistake people are ready with a finger to, yeah. <laughs> to point at you and they're like no because i said that it was her voice i didn't know this this soldier boy mm -hmm. uh one second i used Soldier Boy was the one with the. I know. I think I'm. The big song was Crank That, and it was the dance. Like that was probably. No, I was talking about another one. Thing. I was talking. I think I was talking about, about another song, not the yeah, one that yeah. was Soldier Boy. I was talking about the one with the with a kid. It was it was one of the songs that were with a kid from TikTok. Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. But yeah, it, it it is related to this. That's why I I I was thinking of that one. So I said I was her voice uh treated with some software i don't know what like they do with the with auto tune and all that um to make it a little bit different and in, in, it turns out that it's not it's not her voice it's it's some kid from tiktok that i didn't know okay um but the effect is the same yeah i mean at the end of the day the effect was the same i don't care if it was her voice or if it was a a, a random tiktok kid mm -hmm. right uh, she was like, she was talking about love and all that, but showing it with that voice, showing with like, with, with, uh, making it childish, you know, mm, and by that making it or showing it as something uncontrollable by her. Yeah. Something that escapes her hands. Um, let me think if I can find the, uh, the song, uh, da, 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 da um was it keep it cute or yeah the cute yeah one? i think i think it was yeah. that one yeah yeah that probably one keep it cute probably yeah keep it cute that's why actually if, if you pay attention to the to the title of the song it's written with a lot of use right so like yeah. in a childish way as well yeah um and no, i mean so, it and i think what you say about the last song sakura that first of all it was a recording from a live concert whereas the rest of the album mm -hmm. studio recorded but also the theme of, you know, the cherry blossom itself, Sakura. Um, but the cherry blossom doesn't last long. It's beautiful, but it's yeah. short-lived, like the experience of fame. And it, it starts to make you wonder, like, do, is she predicting that her own career is going to end soon or, th or that, you know, 
I don't know, like it's again, it's her questioning, is this all worth it? Like, is this fame that I have now, this recognition, mm -hmm. have a real worth? Or is it just something that die that's gonna die, that's gonna end at some point, like the beauty of the flower? You know, it's an interesting way to end the yeah. album. And especially an I album think, like this. I, I think that she's pretty aware of 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 the um, the fact that the fama is going to end at some point. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes it ends when you die, sometimes it ends earlier than that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's not something that is everlasting, you know? It's not something that is forever with you or for you. And even if it is, uh, it's not always the same. You're not always at the same point uh, of the fame. And I think that we can, yeah, we can make um, a parallel with uh, with the fame here and Sakura, right? So mm -hmm. it, can be, it can be represented by this flower from and it's cherry i think it's cherry flower right? yeah. in japanese yeah um so yeah yeah i probably that's why she she left it for for the end of the of the album saying this this is the end of the album um the album is not you know again another parallel with the album yeah i mean it's not gonna be everlasting and um it's it's another way of mixing things up again and creating mm -hmm. something new yeah and i don't know i mean i can't help but read into this last song like again this kind of larger cultural commentary because the album itself really is representative of this postmodern cultural moment where i don't know like you see the breaking down of certain categories that we've always taken mm -hmm. for granted to be true we see merger of opposing ideas also just this globalist sensibility that you know this is the world today like where everybody's connected through TikTok. these major corporations are around the world um so again, the album isn't like an artistic representation of the moment we're in. But to end on this note, I think it makes us call into question, like, is the world going to keep going like this, the way it is? Like, is the breakdown of these, these categories, is the sense of chaos, the global sensibility, is it something that can last? Is it something that has true substance? Or is it going to die like the flower? Is it something, you know, just exciting in the moment, but that will... Mm -hmm. you know, it's gonna not be worth something. It's not gonna. It's gonna be worthless in you know a certain period of time. Um, again, it's like, and this is why I just it's frustrating that people just listen to her and either they listen for fun or they're critical. And it's like, no, there's so much that she's saying here if you pay attention, and there's so much yeah. to think about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 we can see, as you said, we can see this album. Is there an um, image of, of what this well has become as well? So are we going to continue? You said, are we going to continue like this? Are we going? Well, we we are uh, destined to to mix. That's it. In I mean, at at all levels, you can take this to whatever level you want, to whatever field you want. We are destined to 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 mix. Uh, from the beginning of the times, all the music, you know, it's uh, survival. <laughs> I think that's how everything survives. Human species, we are mixing. Uh, all the time, um, you know. Sometimes you 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 hear these um, political speeches talking about uh, the purity of of, of <laughs> some races. Mm -hmm. It's like what? What are you talking about? I mean, I think that today there's nobody who who can say that it's one hundred percent something. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, because probably your grandpa's would be from another country, from another continent, even if you if you say. Um, with music the same all musics have been um well developing evolving right and, and that happened 
mixing up with other styles. We have some styles that are probably more, okay, let's say, let's say more pure if you want, but at the end, they always have something to do with other styles. Um, even sometimes we have styles from different countries that have never, let's say, touched each other, mm-hmm. but they still have something in common. They share something. Uh, languages, the same thing. The same thing. We, we well, I mean, again, we have, um, well, we have, we, we are in a world where, where, as I say, you can say something now and, and in 15 seconds, somebody from the opposite point of the world can hear it. And then you just said that you cannot change it, mm-hmm. right? It happens like that, right? In a moment. How do you fight against that? Yeah. I think it's impossible. You yeah. can be all the angry that you want. You can be mad at whoever you want, but at the end of the day, you had to face it. That's it. That's how it works. And I was talking about languages. Listen, uh, English. You and me are, are now talking uh, talking in English. Yeah. I'm Spanish. You're from New Jersey. Opposite points. Um, yeah. At the end, English has... But some uh, words taken from Spanish. Spanish has, has uh, again, words taken from English. Uh, Spanish has some words taken from French. French has some words taken from Spanish. It works like that. Yeah. And um, listen, for example, we have in Spain, Euskera, Basque is mm-hmm. one of the, uh, one of our minority languages, and and it's really interesting because um, it's one of the few at least European languages um, that don't come from Indo-European, mm. right? Yeah. So for those speakers who are listening to us now and they don't know what, what I'm talking about, if we try to trace all the languages back to a uh, main and, and common language, mm-hmm. right? For example, we have Spanish and we, we go back to Old Castilian probably and then Latin and then blah, blah, blah. And then English, we have uh, the parents of, of, of English. Uh, we, we find uh, modern English, medium English, old English, even Gothic, high yeah. Germanic languages, yeah. da, da, da. and all those traced you know, to the same language, which is Proto-Indo-European, yeah. which is like the mother of all the modern European languages. Well, Basque doesn't come from that language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, Hungarian neither for example it's one of the yeah, few no. languages that don't come from yeah, yeah. No. Wow. the problem is that they, they, the experts don't know where the language come from yeah. they don't know um they discover i think uh, a few years ago that basque come from aquitaine which is a language really? spoken in, in in the Pyrenees. it has some roots but one is not 100 sure and second even if that's true they haven't found out what is the, like the, the the real origin of the language. That would be Occitan, sorry, Aquitan would be like a intermediate language, you know, but yeah. nobody knows the primigenial <laughs> language. Now, what is interesting about this language? This language is spoken in the north of Spain in a really small area called uh, Basque Country, also in Navarre, which is another t- uh, autonomous community, and in the in some areas in the south of 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 France. Mm-hmm. When they try to find out 
um, the origin of a language, one of the things that they do is try to look for similarities with similar, similar uh, languages. Okay, how do you do with this with this language? This language has similarities with Japanese, <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, has similarities with Arab. So how do we do okay. with that? Wow. So maybe it never they never were at the same point at the same time, but they mix somehow, right? They share something. They need to evolve. So at some point there was something in the language that was evolving for some necessity, probably uh, in, in the speaking, and needed to change in, in a way. So nothing stays forever uh, as it was at the beginning. And with music, I think it, it is the same thing. She's evolving, and also. You mentioned, for example, that in the last album, I mean, the previous album in, in Marquera, some, pe some people were complaining because it, uh, they said that she should show more respect about the uh, gypsies and all that. Yeah. How old was she? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. How old was she? I think, let me let me try to find out now. I'm going to look. Yeah. Internet is magic. You, you have. Yes. Right now. She's 20. She's, she's 29. Yeah. She's 29 right now. She's becoming, yeah, she's turning 30 this year. So Malkerer was... She was really 19. young. Yeah, so she must have been, what, 24 maybe? If I look at the album, Malkerer... It was 27. It was released in the uh, 2018. 18, okay. Which is not the year which she started... Um, recording it so we understand yeah. that it takes one or two years maybe to 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 do that so probably she started in the 2016 mm. so she was six six years younger than now right yeah so years, 23 she was really young yeah and she's still changing that, that that's why another thing i think that we haven't really talked about in, in the interview so uh so far but talking about change um the album means change. I mean, the image of the album is a butterfly. Mm, I mean, there's yeah. there's no more clear way of saying to you, hey, I'm changing. <laughs> yep. I'm evolving. And my music is too. So, so she is still, um, from my point of view, right? There's no dogma. But uh, that's what I can uh, interpret it. Yeah. No, there's uh, there's just a lot to be read into this album, and uh, no, and I appreciate you coming on just to break it down and discuss the different themes that are here. Um, so no, before we go, anything mm -hmm. you want to plug, any of you know your channel and your any of your pages you want to mention? Well, my channel. Well, if you like languages and <laughs> interesting things about languages, uh, my channel is Cronicas uh, Linguisticas. Uh, it's in Spanish mainly, although lately I am uh, subtitling yes. the, the, the the videos into English. Sometimes, uh, because I know that the automatic subtitles doesn't really work. No, uh, really. It's really it's really bad. No. So I'm taking my time to um, to title the, the 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 scripts that I that I make and then post them posting them uh, into English as well. Awesome. So. I guess uh, that that way would be open for more people as well. <laughs>
and any social media pages you want to plug? Uh, well, more the same. Um, still, I mean, still the same. Oops, sorry, I don't know what I touched here on Zoom. Um, same thing on, on on Instagram. Same thing on Twitter. I I use Twitter less, but yeah, yeah mostly on, on on Instagram is where you can find me. And sometimes I upload some pictures on TikTok just because nowadays, you know, you, you need to be everywhere. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> people don't know you or whatever. So, but yeah, YouTube and Instagram are the the social networks that I use the most usually. Awesome. Well, Ray, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for inviting me, mate. <laughs>